welcome to Living Water Radio. What fills you with dread? Public speaking? A trip to the dentist? Death? Worldwide pandemic? Today, we're going to look at the idea of impending doom and why Christians need have no dread, only a living relationship with the one true living God. My name is Pastor David Burkadall. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a United Church of Christ slash Christian Church Disciples of Christ ordained minister focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California and in San Dimas, California for over 40 years. Today, maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the 110 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. I remember when our son came home with a letter from his grade school saying that they would be having an active shooter drill. What a world, I thought, when children have to prepare for the possibility that somebody might come into their school or onto their playground with a gun and start shooting people. Then I thought of when I was about the same age. We had nuclear war drills, you know, where you don't look at the windows, get under your desks, or go downstairs to the hallway without windows, or into the basement where food and water were stored in case there was so much destruction outside that we couldn't get to our parents and they couldn't get to us. Yes, that was a bit traumatic, but as I remember it, we were kids and we didn't show much trauma. I suppose childhood has rarely, if ever, been a protected time for vulnerable youth to grow into themselves in peace. I remember reading an article on the role of children in 19th century America. In the artwork of that era, children weren't portrayed as cute or even in development. They looked kind of like grown-ups, only shorter. And that, the article said, was the way children were regarded in those days, as incompetent adults who depended on the family until they could contribute something themselves. I saw a meme online a week or so ago, I posted it on our Facebook page, with a familiar vividly red and green colored picture of the young rabbit in a cozy bed from the children's book, Good Night Moon. Good Night Moon is a bedtime book designed to comfort children with familiar objects as they go to sleep. Only childhood is different today, so the words are Good Night Moon, Good Night Zoom, Good Night Sense of Impending Doom. And I'm sure it's not only children who have this 2020 sense of impending doom. It's been, after all, as they say, one thing after another. We're getting into the flu season, and there's talk of another wave of the coronavirus as fall and winter's weather move activities indoors. Unemployment is still high, while those with jobs are often underemployed. Businesses and schools have yet to reopen. Racial equality is still unfinished business. The upcoming elections will leave a large part of the country angry and alienated, no matter who wins. Fire season may now be year-round in Southern California. Will there be rain this winter? What could be next? Impending doom. What do you think? Are you gripped with a sense of impending doom? Or do you have a different feeling about the world and local events? Christians have a different way of dealing with the future. There's no escaping or denying our feelings of impending doom if we have them. Feelings are like what Martin Luther said about temptations. They're like the birds. You can't keep them from flying overhead, 
but you can make, keep them from making nests in your hair. It's been said that there are 365 places in the Bible that say, don't be afraid, or fear not, or an equivalent, one for every day of the year. Why? Because at our root, we are people of hope. We don't know what the future holds, but we do know who holds the future. Death, perhaps humanity's greatest dread, is a past tense experience for us. Paul writes to the church at Rome in his letter to the Romans, the sixth chapter, starting at the third verse. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Baptism is not a ritual. It is a gift from God for new life, a life rooted in God's promise of hope. Near the end of the Bible's last book, the book of Revelation, the 21st chapter, beginning at the first verse, we read, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them as their God. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. This is not a pie-in-the-sky, by-and-by promise. This is the deeply rooted hope of eternal life that grounds us for action in response to the mighty works of God here and now in this one. Eternal means both a quality of life in this world and a statement of what is to come for all eternity, a future rooted in faith and in baptism. People never earn their faith any more than they earn their baptism. We don't deserve baptism, and we don't fully understand it. It's a gift, a gift from God, administered by the Church. That's, in part, why we baptize infants and why we put a white robe on them. Paul writes to the church in Galatia, the third chapter, the 27th verse, As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. We are not putting on our own righteousness when we wear baptismal robes. We are putting on Christ. We wear the white robes that the saints wear as they stream into heaven. Christians, even as we work for God's justice, God's will in this world, even as we are sometimes discouraged, also have this feeling of impending fulfillment, and we pray that it might come. We pray the first Christian prayer in the last verses of the last book of the Bible, in words addressed to the saints, that is, the Christians who are both sinners to our shame and saints redeemed by God to God's eternal glory. Revelation 22, verses 20 and 21. The one who testifies to these things says, 
Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with all the saints. Amen. Today, let's remember to pray for those who seek to derail the efforts of people of goodwill, that their hearts may turn from destruction and toward the building up of all people. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments there as well. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. Open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune in to the worship services they have currently available and support the church financially so that it will be there when we come back to fully physically present worship together. Support your pastor and church leaders. Pray for them and help them in any way that you can. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home, practice social distancing, wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Stay home unless you are providing essential services or need them. Avoid crowds and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, especially those who are sacrificing their security to provide for yours. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated.